This is the EPLOG audio experience. Gentlemen, boys and girls, brothers and sisters, you are listening to Talk the Talk. My name is Varun Painter, and Talk the Talk is available on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Savan, Spotify India, and most importantly, we are being hosted by EPLog Media. So we are available on their website as well, EPLog dot Media. Make sure you check us out, listen to our other episodes as well, and if you have any feedback, let us know in the comments, and we will be more than happy to get some new stuff done for you guys. Okay then, who do I have with me in this particular studio today? It's it's actually a house which has been turned into a studio, and I've got Mukul with me. Mukul, for people who do not know, is the founder of Autolog Design. Mukul, how are you, my man? I'm doing very well, Varun. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Autolog Design, dude. I still remember seeing Autolog Design for the very first time. I think at 2000 at the 2000 IBW 15 no yeah 2015 yeah. Uh, India Bike Week where yeah. you had this uh, crazy looking Duke cus- yeah. Duke custom that you got on stage tell that me that was the first kit yeah yeah man what was that all about so that is when Autolog started we started in 2014 13 is when we actually started but 14 is when we started work hmm. so the first idea that we had was to make bolt on kits so we approached yuvraj who is also my cousin brother and he was always my trump card mm-hmm. so when i started <laughs> out i knew i had to use him the right way yeah so i pitched this idea to him that we create this motorcycle kit which becomes uh, like something that people look up to because uv's got it and you also have an opportunity to own something like that because it's a body kit it's not a custom where you say it's like a one off so the idea was to make 26 such kits okay which would be specials and uh, people would have like a one off 26 was this for the 390 or the 200 is for both it was i mean it's a bolt on for any of them just the belly part is slightly different because the 200 is smaller so yeah uh, ibw 2015 was probably our launch pad because before that not many people knew about us we were still figuring out what we wanted to do but uh, body kits was the initial idea but how to put it together that was the first like example of what we put together because i i still remember i i think 2015 when when ibw happened there was like a huge uproar on on like what is it all about and you know people were really getting to see something on a duke 390 or a 200 yeah. or on that platform because yeah. modifications used to happen but not It's mostly royal enfields mostly royal enfields and other brands and even if it happened on a duke hmm. it was not of a scale that what i mean not on a scale what what you guys were doing it was a completely different look to a motorcycle yeah. so yuraj still has that motorcycle yep oh wow that's a 200 that's a 390 that's a 390 yeah and we've just made another one for him which i'll tell you about too okay so what has happened since 2015 what has changed for you oh a lot um i think in 2015 we were teething big time we were still figuring out how this is going to be a business cuz um i think it all, it all it all starts with a hobby yeah uh, but thankfully i knew that this is not a hobby and i had to like do a lot of stuff to get into this situation where i am right now i was actually doing law i was studying law in pune i came to pune for law and then convinced my pop that this is my real calling and i can't be a lawyer for the rest of my life so um So you quit law you completed law 
I completed my graduate. This is a five-year course. Yeah. So I finished my three, three years, got my degree, which is what my father wanted most. Hmm. And then uh, DC, thankfully, had just started his college. So oh. I was like his first batch, which was like lab rats for them, where they were testing what's going to happen with this college. But yeah, it was a blessing for me because I ended up getting hired by DC after that. Worked with him for a year and a half. So I always knew that it's not a hobby. Like if I have to do this, I have to do it big enough where my parents don't look back and say, "Ki dekha bola tha, hmm. ye kar lena chahiye tha." Aise apne khud ki. How many pe, people were there uh, as a part of the class? Twenty. 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 Is the college still functional? Yeah, yeah. It oh, is. It's where not is it? Called. Uh, it's in Lohegaon, Pune. Okay. Yeah, so it's part of that DY Patil campus. Okay. And. Um, so yeah, so it's not the same. DC was a part of it back then. DC is not a part of it anymore. It's still called the same college, but it's DY Patil Design College now. It used right. to be for a lot of people who don't know who DC is. DC is known as Mr. Dilip Chhabria. Yep. Uh, he is probably the pioneer if yes. of of the customization scene in India. Absolutely. He used to make these crazy looking uh, uh, vans for actors and actresses in Bollywood. Yep. And that's what he got. Famous for and a lot yeah. of people, I think, still have these mobile vans. Uh, if they're called mobile vans, vanity vans, vanity vans, yeah. yeah. And he used to make like crazy customs out of them, and yeah. she goes crazy viral. So that's who Dilip Chhabria is, and uh, a lot of people like like Mukul yourself mm-hmm. are. I think I inspired by him. Yeah, definitely. Like DC Dilip Chhabria sir was like God for me in a way, yeah. and when I saw him for the first time, his aura and personality was just like overwhelming. Yeah, and he's. Um, I learned like I would say ninety percent of what I am implementing in my work now, from that one and a half years that I was working with him. Right, right from what it means to do this on a scale rather than being a garage, which every city has, so, and you know, like dealing with competition, people who are replicating, or just the whole way of moving forward. So he's a great businessman as well. He's super at being a designer. Like everything he designed was done by him. Like really, he doesn't have any other designers who design anything. Oh wow! Like, so there, so DC is like a one-man army. Design-wise, yes, completely. Design-wise, yeah. like he has 3D modelers who would do like the other stuff for him, but he would sit all day with his lights off, one tube light on him on his like digital sketching thing, wow. and just like keep churning out stuff and saying, "Ki ye banao." Yeah. So yeah, he was, I think, a big part in what I'm doing right now. And yeah, right. I'm still in touch with him once yeah. in a while, where I tell him this is what I've done. I actually even tried to convince, not tried, I managed to convince DC that we should do motorcycles when I was working with him. So DC is purely a car guy. He's he actually did bikes. Um, he made body kits. So he is the one who actually started body kits. Okay. Um, he did these uh, things called the Octane kits. Okay. Which was, I think, when I was in sixth standard, sixth Fuck. to seventh, and they were for the Splendor, the Samurai. Eventually. Really? Yeah. Eventually. Holy shit! It was like a CBR 600 body. Okay. On, I mean, it's not the 600 body, but it looked like the CBR 600 of that time, the F2, and it had been like molded to fit almost properly onto the Samurai and the Splendor and the CBR. Damn, CBZ. dude! And back then, I think when people were like, I mean, people still are a sucker for like. Fully fed motorcycles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there was like good bike. That was like them. everyone thought it was a super bike. Nobody knew back then. You, even though now when I look at it, you can see the tank from underneath and stuff. But oh, it wow. was fifty k back then. Fifty thousand in two thousand and six. Yes, That's not. I mean, I was in the sixth grade, so not two thousand six. Even before that. 
ஜிம் Really? One, yeah. Salman has, has yeah. them? Oh, yeah, so wow. he has like three of them and one of them comes Piche, which has his gym. Even uh, Sanjay like Dutt. Like an inbuilt gym. Sanjay Dutt had a bar with a pop-up bar. It just come out of the floor. Fucking <laughs> hell, dude. Like customization is crazy that way. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> Even Venki. Oh, yeah? Venki's bus was there for a month and a half for changing the tints. And the AC was on for 45 days. There all the a, time there was a driver inside and yeah. the ac was on for him and just the tint had to be changed venki is the same guy who owns venki's chicken yes. poultry products yes fuck man so you have seen a good good amount of uh, mr yeah, i had work. a lot of exposure there of seeing what yeah. kind of clients he's got what yeah. to expect if i move into this scene so yeah, yeah. So I think 2013 is when you're saying you went solo. Autolog design was always the name of the of, of your venture. Yeah. Um why Autolog? So Autolog itself if you break it down it's like automotive conversation. Okay. So Autolog design is automotive conversation derived designs. Stuff okay. that so basically what we're trying to say is we're listening to people about what they're saying about their vehicles, what they want, what they wish they had and then basing our designs on that. So autolog design overall is not just going to be about design it's autolog which is also going to be i mean our objective is to be like a one place to visit where you need any kind of information okay or have conversation which does not necessarily mean that i want to be a separate forum or separate something we could be like a collective of sorts of various automotive people coming together to make it like one place where you can have all the kind of automotive conversation you need yeah and design being something that comes out of that right. it branches out of that in a way that we talk about it we understand get feedback and then make something which works okay so you started off with the duke yeah what did you move on to after that <clears throat> so the duke was very well appreciated at that time for us i mean we um, we I think we booked those 26 kits within the month. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. that's 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 a good start. Yeah. It's a very good start. But then we realized that we had made a mistake that it shouldn't have just stayed 26. Okay. Because if the demand was there, I mean it, it could have been 126 maybe. Okay. So then what we did was we converted that kit to a slightly different cheaper toned down kit because that kit was at 49000 when it launched. Fuck. Yeah. So it was very difficult for people to digest but we still managed to sell those 26 kits. And uh, yeah, so then we changed it to the Street X which is still being sold. It's been four and a half years. Okay. I think we've sold maybe over 200 of those after that. That's a that's a very good number. Yeah, and it's one I mean it's half the price of what the original one was. So about 24 and a half 20 25,000 yeah, rupees. Yeah, that's what it is right now. So I think uh, when you look at 25,000 as a number also it's it's a lot easy for people to yeah. just digest. Yeah. It's, it's a good number. People will 
probably think twice about uh, spending that kind of money but they'll actually go ahead and spend it right irrespective but yeah, 49000 is when you're like oh yeah, you're buying a bike worth rupees 1.5 lakhs uh, and then you're like oh fuck i need to spend another 50 grand to make my bike look a little different right. that apprehension is going to be very evident but with 25000 it's it's pretty decent yeah so we were experimenting when we started out we weren't sure um of course our costs were higher then because we were just starting out and labor's difficult to get for something like this but we were experimenting we were trying to figure out where to pitch our brand and because we we wanted to create that distinction between what was already there for people in people's minds as modification like you know when when i grew up the stuff that i related to as modification is not what i wanted people to think of autolog as or relate to in the sense that um there's a lot more that went into making it for example the first kit that we did the process that we followed was something that's followed in factories okay we did we did apart from the sketching we moved into 3d where um we completely built it we, we scanned the bike first we uh, built it in 3d and then we cnc machined the body panels so okay. cnc machining the body panels is not a joke like very few people i would say like really high end prototyping centers would end up machining body I think panels manufacturers use this kind of process yeah i mean that's the right way to do it so that's what precision. we did right yeah. there's no left right mismatch no 19 b scattering it's exactly the, the same yeah. yeah so that's the process we followed so the investment that went in to the first kit was also substantial right but like i said we were experimenting you're trying to figure out where the market is what people think about this kind of a product at this price so after that we like i said we brought it down to the street x which is half the price and after the duke the obvious next motorcycle was the rc so mm, it was back then i think the ktms were a rage right so yeah. that's the time when they were peaking like everyone wanted an rc like every enthusiast that's the bike that they wanted yeah. so like i said the obvious um, shift was to the rc so um i was faced with multiple decisions which i do regret now okay um, what were those decisions it's <laughs> so like um the rc plan was so if you look at the ktm they themselves made the rc on the lines of the rc8 right i mean the the rc390 on the lines of the rc8 very aerodynamic very super right. sport but even the design cues like the fine it's not as obvious as the super duke and the duke yeah but it's there for the rc8 and the rc design lines and all of that yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so we wanted to take that to the next level where we think where we thought that you know people who have the rc there are two types one is an actual enthusiast actual i mean someone who's going out on the track using his bike on the track for what that motorcycle is actually built for then you have a majority of people who are actually never going to go on the track they'll own this bike cuz it's a full fed bike they they know that it's inspired in some way from the RC8 so we thought that let's just make it look more like the RC8 oh but that affected our brand in a lot of ways okay so the enthusiasts who actually understand what we are doing look down upon us because of something like that but wasn't it being made to be like a more track focused machine not that kit okay. that that was the first that RCX. was more for an aesthetic appeal yep that was purely aesthetic okay it was it, it was added more of, weight and yeah. Yeah. so it was about 5 kgs heavier than what your oh. stock bike is so yeah but we learned 
we realize that that's not where it should be headed and i mean if you look at it now the rcx evolved to the rcx2 mm-hmm. which also has a carbon fiber version and is also like about 1.2 kgs overall Fuck, how much does that cost so the carbon fiber is still not available they're testing the first one okay. which is currently in chennai on oh, the track okay so once we are done with that testing but we're hoping to change the carbon fiber scene by getting it to be more affordable exactly carbon yeah. fiber is going to be shit expensive but yeah. for someone who's actually looking at making mm-hmm. that progression right. to a bike which is going to be lighter right uh, still going to offer more aerodynamic support mm-hmm. i think that person's going to still spend it because there is a cup in the indian national racing championship right. championship which has a 300 to 400 cc class right and the bike that's been winning that class is the rc390 right you have the R- r3 r3 as well but mm-hmm. i think the rc's yeah. take the first three or five spots yeah on the track i think the rc is the rc it is nothing that can match up to the madness that the thing has got on the track right so the bodywork collaboration for the track is already happening i have recently collaborated with rajni rajni krishnan for his team and himself so all the bodies that are being used by their team will now be autolog bodies which okay. we develop with them taking into consideration stuff that they are facing on the track and they're always on the track so i think it's the best 100% yeah, yeah. so it rubs off on our products becoming more um i would say performance oriented rather yeah, than yeah because when aesthetic. it comes from a racer yeah. is when you know okay this is going to be very very precise exactly yep so yeah that's the objective of a collaboration like this with rajni where not only does it give us an opportunity to help him get some more reach because we've been tapping into people who he's not otherwise been tapping into okay. for example there are i would say out of 170 people would know about rajni and 30 won't because of the stuff that he does and the stuff that we do is different so i'm going to help him with that he's going to help me with some advice on what we should do and um, as far as the rcx2 goes which is a kit that's been available for a year now okay we've had about 25 30 of them on the track and we've learned some of the changes that were recommended by the users about the belly scraping on the race track so we've changed the belly design changed the angle of the tail to make it better so it's evolved and i think it's doing pretty well and the carbon fiber version is the same design but in a in carbon, carbon fiber, fiber yeah yeah so how much does the rcx2 cost the rcx2 is 20000 rupees plus tax like not yeah. bad man yeah plus taxes i mean that's that the ta- without the taxes bit i think it's still when you look at a kit that's going to make you go faster right more give you more aerodynamic flow and support yeah. i think 20000 is not bad because there are a lot of racers right. who use the rc390 right. as their practice tool Absolutely. go to mmrt you there are like just rc390 is all around yeah we have tons of groups who get in touch saying ki you know if if we take 15 bodies then would you give us a better price so yeah. obviously we work with clubs in various ways but yeah so there are a lot of rcs on the track but there's also a lot of replicas around mm-hmm. for example there's there's a company called taiga okay which is like tyga yeah yeah they're a pioneer in aftermarket body ah, kits yeah, yeah, yeah. they've been around for yeah, 20 for a, years for maybe, a long 30 time. years yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like ekdam purane wale ah. race bike so unki ek rc ki full kit hai so i mean they also have cf but they also have a proper race kit which is actually the one that the rc cup bikes use 
Oh. So what a lot of people did, like somebody with the proper race fairing and all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. with everything. Okay. I mean, similar objective of the body is to what we've done. Just our designs different, their designs different. So there are people who have got those bodies down, or got one of those bodies down, replicated it, distributed it. So now it's like everywhere. So every track that we have, like for example, Chennai. You'll have options. And how much does that cost? The from yeah. what I've heard, I, I hear a lot of things, but uh, anywhere from seven thousand bucks to fifteen thousand. And what is the difference between the material that you use and they use? Um, it's not so much about the material. So fiberglass is going to be fiberglass, but obviously there's quality of the vendor that you get it from, which is not really a distinction. You can't distinct saying that I buy this material so it's better. Okay. But the process that is followed to make it. the engineering or the understanding of the processes that goes in how much curing time how many layers is appropriate for how much strength so basically i mean it everything depends on how many layers you're putting in and how much resin so it's it's not really an art but it's sort of an art for a guy who's doing it manually so we also i mean first two years we did everything manually okay. now we have something called vacuum bagging okay which 80% automates the layup of fiberglass. So that's another distinction. You have right. even thickness of the part which otherwise if you manually do you have like thoda mota thoda patla. So with this you have like uniform thickness. So there are things that distinguish it apart from the design when you actually hold it in your hand the weight is going to be substantially different okay. when you hold one of those unless they've made it really light for the track where even if you have a small drop is going to just Crack, break yeah, yeah yeah so as is somewhere in the middle okay considering that a guy is not going to want to change it every time he takes a drop but it's also not heavy where you're going to regret putting this as a race fairing yeah because i think for a for a racer the ultimate goal is to be as light as one right. can be right um and be making the kit i mean carbon fiber obviously helps but that comes yeah. at a cost Absolutely, but fiberglass. If you try to make it as light as it can be, yeah, and also like help. some stuff on the stock RC are not great for the track. Like there are small, very elementary things like the belly scraping, belly scraping yeah. and the way that you're able to tuck under the visor. The visor is not long enough, so you need a bigger visor. I think you have that as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the kit comes with all of that. Your seat is moved back so you can tuck in. So there's more yeah. space to scoot and right. get in comfortably. Right. So all okay. those things taken into consideration. But I think uh, the most most awaited, if I'm if I'm I'm not sure if I'm using the correct word, but a a design or 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 something that has taken a lot of your attention mm-hmm. is the Dominar kit. I don't yep. know if that's in production. Yeah, yeah it is the Domiville. Yeah, well, tell me tell me more about it, man. So like I said, um, the RC being inspired by the RC eight. Mm. So when the Domino came out, everyone made those comments of how it looks like the Diaville, yeah, and it's been inspired from the Diaville. Mm-hmm. So we took that to the next level, or that's what the plan was. Mm-hmm. We made these add-on shrouds. Right. So by this time, we had learned that a full replacement kit mm-hmm. might not be the way forward mm-hmm. because one, it's expensive, right. and it's like a whole like it. If I had to ship it, for example, it's a really big box. because you have all your panels so it all adds up to being an expense right so then we tried to move on to make it more separate parts which would add on over your existing body okay and this is purely aesthetic this okay. is not made for anybody who is looking to be faster or anything this is for someone who like hopes to own a diaville one day bought the dominar 
wants to make it a little bit more like the dear will for that kind of customer so the domi will i think we launched in 2016 yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, we managed to launch it pretty big getting mumbaiker nikhil down from bombay he came over to the workshop we had like 400 people at the workshop with bouncers which i never thought that i would have to call to the workshop but yeah it was pretty big everyone got to know about the kit whether they liked it or not was a separate thing but uh, just brand awareness yeah it created a huge uh, thing about autolog that maine aapko mumbai ka nikhil ke video mein dekha aur so yeah it's not something i'll probably do again okay but, but yeah i did what it had to do yeah I think it got you in the in the spotlight that you very much needed. Yeah. I think you're also doing a render on the Dominar Adventure version. Do you have something on that line? Yeah. So or is it only a render? No, no, no. A lot of stuff that we do is just a render, but yeah. yeah this but is it not just catches a lot of attention because because you know there's there's always been a talk with the Dominar what if it takes an adventure form. Right. There has been there have been talks of a Dominar yeah, yeah. ADV 400. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure it will come. I'm sure it will come but then again you already have given yeah. a glimpse of what the motorcycle could possibly look like when yep. it finally arrives. Yep. Even with the Duke 390 adventure right. we did a render on what it possibly could look like and it just got a massive yeah. number of hits. Yeah. Because then you get a glimpse into the future saying that oh I might see this motorcycle right. a motorcycle that might look like this. Right. It's going to come my way. So that's exactly what our objective is when we put out a render. We want like auto log people to start talking about it and making conversation saying ki this is good this is not right. good i would do this i would buy this not buy this so you get a lot of info and your design then takes some like directions out of that and you tweak it so that's why we keep putting out those renders but the dominar uh, touring kit we've been actually working on for quite a bit but then it took a back seat because we had to finish the duke kit that we were also working on which is now released and it's called the explorer so that is for this the, is for the domina this is for the duke duke okay yeah the but it's going to be the explorer range of kits that we'll have for all these touring friendly motorcycles which could become slightly better with the stuff that we're giving so the duke is the first the older generation then it'll be followed with the new generation then will be the dominar okay and then we are hoping to maybe even move on to the ns because oh. the ns is something which since we started we've not made anything but we have like i post anything and i have like 50 people asking us why no ns why no ns make yeah. for ns why you hate ns <laughs> so the ns is definitely there in yeah. our uh, radar and we're going to make something for it so have you thought about uh, taking on other products like maybe maybe the honda or the rr310 Yeah but um so to make this a viable business numbers are everything numbers are everything in the sense that where uh, rr is selling 600 700 bikes a month for me to uh, hit the enthusiast who is already like a smaller percentage of that buyer so it's a very small number Okay. So what we tried doing is hitting the bigger bikes first, bigger number bikes first, not in terms of actual sales figures but enthusiasts who own them and more of the enthusiasts who uh would appreciate the kind of stuff we're doing because we have to we have to be true to what we're doing. We have to understand ki hamara product ye hai aur aise bande ke liye hai. Hmm. So there will always be these 10 other people who don't think that what you're making makes any sense and it's stupid and is waste of 100%, money 100% yeah so it's it's figuring that out so rr310 not 
I mean, I have a lot of people who ask me for stuff for the RR. I'm so, sure you're getting requests for like, if I own a bike, I'll I'll ask him. If I own a certain yeah. bike, I'll ask him what are you what are you doing about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even before buying bikes, we get requests. Yeah, people asking us, are you going to make anything? I'm planning to buy this. Oh shit! So yeah, yeah. So RR310 and uh, all these big bikes is where where you would decide. But for example, something like I know it's not it's not a big bike, but it hmm. it sells really well. The R15. Have you thought about making something on the R15 is probably one of my biggest sellers. Oh, so, so you already have a kit for that. Yeah, yeah. So um I don't know if you know the Indonesian scene is huge for these guys like right. the Yamahas are yes. big there. ASEAN countries. Yeah, yeah, so I mean the 125 to the 1.150 the 25 the 3 everything is like yeah, everyone big. just wants a Yamaha there. Yeah, yeah. So their modification scene has evolved in a completely different way. and when i started i was following those people okay. so i was in touch with one guy called modifica okay who is probably one of the biggest guys there there two indonesia guys. yeah okay so i got in touch with him i told him that i'll be your dealer for india because developing the same kit Doesn't i mean i didn't want to be that person who would i would just replicate the same stuff so i told him i'll be your official dealer but he didn't really care about it Okay. He just wanted that one sale. Like I even sent him an agreement and stuff like oh, that, wow. which he really didn't care about. He okay. was like, "Hey, one sale, my ho ra, one sale, my ho ra." So, okay, yeah. So I got that kit down from Indonesia. Okay. We spent a lot of money on shipping, etc. And then we reworked that kit, made changes. What we put it onto the bike first. We realized that some things were awkward. This to is the V three you're talking about. This is the V two. V two. Okay. V yeah, three was not on the scene then. Okay. So their kit was basically R1M inspired for the V2. Wow. So it's a super kit, but yeah. the fit on our bikes was slightly different, so we had to make some changes. We also tweaked the design and made it our own and started selling that. We're still selling it and it sells like crazy. We have at least I would say 20 people who've replicated it in Kerala and Chennai yeah. and stuff and are selling it on even Amazon. But yeah. Wow, it's doing really well. So okay. now we're working on a different design for it because like, this will be f- of course for the V3. V3 is a separate scene. Okay. I'm still working on the V2 because the numbers are huge. Oh. The number of enthusiasts who own V2s is crazy. Yeah. And those guys will spend money on anything to make their bike look different. What do you think of the MT15? I love it. Yeah. Oof, I was waiting for that bike for so long but yeah. I ended up buying the FZ25 instead. Did you get a chance to ride it? Not, Not yet. yet. Okay. I've ridden the R15 V3, yeah. so I guess it's close no, it, to it, that. No, it's got a different state of tune. Yeah. Um, because it's lighter and right. it's a city bike, so it loses out on a. Uh, I it might lose out on the top. Top end. end yeah. It's got a bigger sprocket at the rear, so it's meant more for acceleration. But it just looks. Yeah. So I I saw cool. one. I saw one guy. I think he was the first customer in mm. India to mm. buy the MT15. Mm. The first thing that he does is he chops off the tail and paints the wheels yellow. <laughs> Because everybody even before I went for the launch a lot of people were asking me dude why I hope I hope Yamaha launches this in the gray yellow the combo the, which the, is yeah, iconic which, with the MTs. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, when I they, I'm sure they'll come up with it. 100%. They keep coming up with like these six, colors. Like 6 6 6 so months down the line there'll be some yeah. some special edition from Yamaha which is going to yeah. cost 5000 rupees more. more. It's going to come with those yellow wheels and that yeah. gray gray paint and it's going to look look amazing. crazy. Yeah. That headlamp is oof. Yeah, it looks good. Personally, I think it's a very good looking motorcycle. Mm. Uh I don't want to talk about the performance because I've spoken about it in the right. past but um I think even at that price people are still going to buy it. Yeah. 
definitely uh, it's it's expensive no doubt yeah, it's an the, expensive when the launch happened the response overall on the internet was everyone was talking about how overpriced it was but i kind of get why it's priced that way it's yeah. got a lot of stuff which is not cheap like yeah. the headlamp look yeah. at the finish on that headlamp yeah. it's I, uh, it's it's I'm, pff, I no? don't know. I, I think the so okay. Yamaha's got a, has definitely got a problem with the R15 V3's finishing. Okay. When you see the panel gaps and mm. the switch gear and stuff like that, a lot of it has been carried on to the MT15 as well. So I'm not too happy with the finishing, but as from a distance, if you look at the product, mm. it's just a very yeah. sweet looking product. Yeah. I know you. Even I, if I was to, if I were to buy the MT15, I would do the same. I'd probably chop off the tail, get a tail yeah, tidy. Man. and paint the tail yellow i uh, paint the wheels yellow tail tidy to is a must on any of these yamahas they have such big fenders at the back so i think that's the first thing people do and i think mt15 is going to be pretty big for you as well because yeah i think so because if the r15 has been so big uh, mt is going to be big too yeah. so yeah i have to look to buy one now yeah because yeah. any time we have to develop something we have you to have get to that bite yeah. yeah that but uh, when you when you think of the customization scene in general hmm a lot of people are into customization yep. who, who for you is competition uh so i don't i don't think that there's no competition mm-hmm. but there's nobody who's doing this kind of stuff that we do mm-hmm. so when i was doing law it actually started then because the only thing i really studied about in law was what rules apply to our customization stuff and there's nothing there was just this motor vehicles act section 52 subsection 1 which said that anything less than 3% added weight which does not change dimensions of the motorcycle hmm. from what is written in the rto's book or your rc is allowed so that's the only way out basically anything you do to your vehicle is illegal yeah unless it is less than 3% of the body weight added and does not change dimension of the vehicle Okay. So that's how Autolog's whole thing happened where my idea was to stay within this. So 3% basically on a KTM for example, 150 kg ki bike, 3% is 4.5 kg which is now changed. Oh. So if you remember recently there was this article that became quite viral about everything is illegal. Yeah yeah, yeah yeah so people yeah. giving me a call saying dude i have this kit on my bike now police is going to catch me yeah. so then i had to make a post with the actual subsection which oh, okay. i used to base the existence of my company and tell people i actually got that uh, online thing to change they changed out they, they published another article after that okay saying oh you had to actually reach out to the press and yeah i told them that because it's not complete information right you're missing out this very Crucial important point. part yeah. which i am basing my company on and you're saying ki anything that somebody does is illegal yeah so thankfully that helped and um, yeah so what is i think i forgot it like yeah you were saying that you had to base that and a lot of the laws are yeah so yeah. Uh, like i was saying i was studying law and that's the only thing i studied okay. i just checked and this was the one way out for me to make a legal business out of it hmm. but uh, also when you look at uh, the international customization scene it's pretty big man it's India, very big but it's very different it's different yeah it's different it's very different yeah people actually would want to spend more money and yeah make their bike or car look different here so i think people are... want to spend a minimal amount of Haan. money and make their bike stand out yeah kam mein bomb ha kam mein bomb chahiye to hota hai inka correct but there is that market too like uh, 
I know Rajputana is not in it for making a ton of money or anything, but there are people who pay a substantial yeah, amount of money for those bikes. I'm not saying that they're not worth their money. It's six months or one year gone yeah. into that bike, so I totally get it. But that market is there. But it's a completely different market from what I am trying to tap into. Or, it, I mean, it's already there. That market is there. But just make it more um, approachable, I guess, for enthusiasts. Because growing up, when I had a charisma and when I had whatever I had, the stuff that I had to go through to do anything, I was I was your typical poser. Mm. I was not your racer who was you know super on the track or anything mm-hmm. i was just a guy who wanted a full fed bike and so so you can see where my inspiration comes yeah. from and why i'm doing what i do yeah so for me it was super difficult like i had to like buy panels from other bikes like make changes onto them fit it onto my bike and stuff so i wanted to change that kind of availability for an enthusiast in our scene so like abroad you said every bike has tons of options. Like when you buy a motorcycle, you have tons of options. Whether it is your accessories from the showroom or aftermarket stuff, but you've got like a ton of options. Here, that Nothing. never existed. Yeah, yeah, correct. I mean, now with our bigger bikes coming in, you sort of have something like that with, you know, a Triumph offering something, Harley offering something. So it's going to rub off on... But that is also like minimal... Absolutely minimal. Customization. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like just, Triumph has a list of like 150 accessories for their motorcycles, but... That's that, that that's a lot of money. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Harley Davidson as well. I think the whole point of a Harley Davidson is to buy like a bone stock bike and customize it yeah. by spending Tons. twice the amount of money that you actually buy it for. Absolutely. And they sell, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's the whole funda of, of buying a Harley motorcycle. Absolutely. To yeah. be, like, like I remember meeting Vijay, who is mm. now the marketing head of India for Harley right. Davidson India. And he is like, the plan is to have no two Harley Davidson motorcycles to be the same. same. Yeah. And that's crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I remember being at IHR as well, Indian Hog Rally in mm. Goa. Mm. And they have a custom competition. And some of these bikes, the the kind of effort and the kind of money and the yeah, kind of emotion really that they put it in. Seriously, man. It's, they are not bullshitting around. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. there to win it. Yeah. They're there to have that badge of honor where they say, it I mean, won that custom. It means a lot in 100%. that scene. It's, it's really big. So... I guess the whole custom scene is similar in a way where I'm not saying that you're trying to be one up on the other guy, but yeah, you're trying to have the coolest bike around, like whether it's an R15, whether it's a R1 or whatever it is, you want your R1 or R15 to be different from everybody else's. So it stands out in some way. I really like the Chappie design. I think it's very unique. <laughs> it's a one-off and I think Xerxes has it. It's, it's not it, a one-off. It is a custom, uh-huh. but we made five of them. Just five of them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of them belongs to Xerxes. Xerxes, yeah. Yeah. I, he I'm has yet the Joker to, version of it. Yeah. I'm yet to see that uh, that motorcycle in flesh, but mm. just by the pictures of it, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very unique, unique looking yeah. motorcycle, correct? Yeah. And so that's also kind of uh, how how the social world picks up things. I mean, it you pick up a very quirky looking picture and people start talking about it and then it goes viral and then people stumble upon your uh, your page and I think yeah. that's also how it's grown right yeah yeah Chappie was for international awareness it was huge like a lot of people knew about or appreciated the movie abroad rather than here 
correct so even though the guy who wants it becomes to, a search term yeah. essentially yeah. yeah so when you search for chappy you end up seeing these couple of motorcycles which look like chappy so you click on it and then you yeah. see autolog design made this yeah. so yeah it's like a it bad pod like you know you want yeah. to search for it and yeah. then you stumble upon some custom which some guys done in thailand and then you're like i want to do this yeah. exactly so yeah. i think it's the same kind of treatment that's applied to chappy as well yeah that's what we try to do more or less but you've grown pretty big on instagram man uh, it's i think i don't even remember if you were this big i mean i i the last number that i remember seeing you on was somewhere in 15 20000 you're nearly a lakh now yeah right? man it's been last two years have been super crazy right social media wise oh my god a lot of like, i'm telling you a lot of these uh, a lot of the followers that you get is because of the kind of renders that you put you put a hope in people saying that <laughs> bajaj or someone will design a bike like this did you see our last renders which were the no man rx100 and the rd350 nah, if they had to I come back i think i have i th- oh yeah yeah of course yeah. of course of course i With think we reposted R- that as well yeah, yeah, yeah. on power drift in insane man so that, that is what gets you in attention so that was the point right yeah. it was getting people to feel like yeah man we have the r3 engine hai agar waisa styling hoti ah. to we would you know buy it so what is the next render then what are you working on multiple stuff but um i think definitely the dominer is going to get the touring kit final version now because there are a lot of people who actually a dominar on i mean they use the dominar as a touring motorcycle right for someone who wants to take it i wouldn't say off road but soft roading yeah i think a raised fender nobbies and yeah i mean they give you a, a marginal they give you a marginal improvement over what yeah. your stock bike would do yeah. it doesn't completely transform the way it's going to run and you're going to be taking jumps and shit unless right. you get your suspension reworked mm-hmm. so um with the bajaj thing which you obviously must have heard about recently yeah man the collaboration talk, talk is, more about that yeah so the that has been something which took some time it took almost a year and a half or two for it to materialize but so we developed six products which was in collaboration with bajaj we had their inputs along the way and even while we were testing it giving them feedback stuff like that got it completely analyzed on cae analysis which is stuff you only do with oems so you have load capacity of 120 kg on the carrier as in comparison to something which you have no load testing on which is currently being sold and so the idea for bajaj was that they knew that their their motorcycle is a touring capable bike they're doing all of this <coughs> um current marketing of it going through various like really difficult places yeah i was i was recently at one of the bosch mm. and recently at uh, at a bosch event where they were speaking about the polar odyssey yeah they completed 50000 yeah man that's fucking insane oof. man in about what 90 riding days yeah 90 95 kuch hota hai like and those guys really must be made of something else dude you should see their presentation I had goosebumps out of the presentation got over because the kind of roads that they rode on crazy you should have crazy. seen it dude it's not india man plus it's not india yeah. you're riding in an unknown territory Seriously. you're riding at places where there's a clear mention right. which says motorcycles are not allowed this right. is the second most dangerous rideable place in the world yeah that's just mad 50000 kilometers and they did it on a dominar so and <laughs> and obviously they had uh, they had some kind of they had modifications yeah, done yeah. to the motorcycle so to accommodate things a lot of the stuff that we made is stuff which was used oh really yeah so oh. i mean it's been derived from what they went through and the okay. experiences they had right 
so a couple of things broke on the way like the luggage rack had some issues so we made those changes which would prevent that from happening in the future okay okay so stuff like that so yeah it's been like a crazy learning experience for us to get into this thing with bajaj because it brought us to a different level mm. we i mean we were forced to pull up our socks and be 10 times more professional than what we were because we were just doing our own thing and then suddenly you're working with bajaj or there's a scope of you working with bajaj which is huge so 100% it's probably the first time any accessory manufacturer or such has collaborated the only other time it's happened is with minda which is where the honda navi if you remember had some accessories so minda made those for okay. honda so apart from that there's no other actual uh, accessory collaboration with any OEM so it's right. a huge deal so all of these parts the manufacturer manufactured at your at your facility um i would say 80% of it okay. there's some stuff which is coming and getting assembled okay. but because we don't have the, the expertise of metal to um have everything in house right but Probably. i think that's the that's the plan yeah for to sure. make everything 100% in house yeah so there are some things which are just left a better left to somebody who is an expert right so i don't want to be doing everything and the reality of today's market is the more you outsource the better it is for you right. so um i'm not saying that everything has to be outsourced but a lot and the key processes have to remain with you which make it what it is mm-hmm. rather than just bahar se bana ke apna thappa laga ke bech do but yeah a lot of it has to be outsourced for it to be viable also sometimes because mm-hmm. having everything in house is not possible right but uh, do you think making it a 100% localized hmm. will get things down in terms of price i think it hmm. will right yeah it, it it's it's complicated man because your investment required for something like that hmm. is also something that rubs off on the price okay so if i have to let's say invest in x amount of machinery for me to develop something which i'm already making through another vendor right. it requires me to put that money and then break that money down on the parts that i'm selling so yeah. it adds to the price okay. which that guy has already probably recovered over his couple of years or 5 years or 10 years of business so you're in your better chances of getting a better price if mm-hmm. you go to the right kind of vendor mm-hmm. what do you what do you think about the future of customization um right uh, uh, let me put it this way future of customization with autolog in it i definitely see a huge future yeah. <laughs> because it's been it's it's growing man yeah, I mean, you can't sure, deny this sure. fact right of course um it's only going to increase people are always going to want to stand out nobody wants to have average stuff yeah. average i don't mean that it's average but it's like everybody can buy it mm. so the fact that your motorcycle or your car or your cycle or whatever that you're on or even your clothes whatever you don't want another guy wearing the same t-shirt or jeans so that's always going to stay even with the trials that are re- the trials is based on the bullet right but mm-hmm. it's it's not um it's it's actually a custom yeah. like people used to can go to places like karol bag and cst road exactly. and nanapet exactly. and make a trials motorcycle right. veer nakai has a trials motorcycle right. for god's sake yeah, yeah so i think it was just smart as a manufacturer to roll it out because you're it's already getting a custom. company yeah yeah that's correct. exactly what it is it's a variant so so i think when you look at the customization scene i think royal enfield when you talk about the trials in particular is essentially a custom a, yeah. a, a thing that people were doing separately i think royal enfield is the only brand that's really moving in that direction Correct. because i guess the category that their bike falls in also goes hand in hand with the custom culture yep so i think that's why they play along with it to the level that they do but it's amazing 
uh, even earlier they collaborated with four uh, builders and they build your own yep. royal uh, enfield, royal yeah, enfield yeah, yeah, yeah. which is amazing yeah and i think i think that brand has been the epitome of of uh, custom yeah for uh, india in the custom like, scene because back then you did not have a lot of options to work on exactly royal enfields were the thing so yeah. if you had to get into the custom scene you had to work on a royal enfield absolutely and it's yeah. not just it's not just the aesthetic bit of it but even the even the mechanical bit of it yeah. people could people would actually take the engine out and fix it onto a, a brand new looking motorcycle and, yeah, yeah so i've I seen th- some crazy custom bullets dude yeah. like uh, when i was just have you been to rider mania once when i think Four years ago. Four years ago. So mm. this year I was at. I mean, November, 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 two thousand eighteen when mm. they had Rider Mania. Mm. They're also launching the Interceptor for right. India and the right. GT for India, and they had a section for custom Royal Enfield motorcycles. And you could see the kind of work that even Indian artists are trying to put in because it's at the end of the day for me a custom motorcycle is a piece of art. Absolutely. It's it's, it's an imagination of an artist that has gone into making a motorcycle look different, look right. pretty, look beautiful. Right. So for me a custom guy is an artist. It's it's his imagination, it's his creative process that flows through, gets on paper and then finally takes uh, shape and form in the form of a custom yeah, motorcycle. Absolutely it is. It, it is, is insane, definitely dude. an art. I don't think if you don't have that artistic thing in you none of the custom builders would be like boring leg like Correct. Yeah, and there's just a lot of work that goes into it. Absolutely. I wish I had I have one big problem with custom motorcycles and that is So a lot of these motorcycles are not rideable. Yeah. Uh either it's because of low GC or a small tank or an extremely fat fucking tire. Yeah. So man. yeah, that's that's <laughs> the weird part of it. Yeah. Because it is a head turner at the end of the day. So that's the problem, right? There's a line that has to be drawn. Yeah. Which is very difficult for a lot of people to Between do. how aesthetic you can be and how accessible yeah. the motorcycle is. Yeah. So I guess it also depends on what the customer is asking the guy to do. Mm. a lot largely depends on that because if he wants a 300 section on his bike this is you fucking can do. buy it yeah yeah so you tell him it's not going to run properly it won't turn but if he wants it he wants it then what can you do mm. and if his purpose is to like keep it in a showcase yeah, then it makes sense get people to come and see that you know i have this motorcycle so yeah. there are those people you can't yeah. help it yeah but yeah so when we started or not even when we started uh, when i was in pune i just moved mm. so what was our idea of customization or who were the people around it was just vardenchi exactly dude so, yeah so he they had a showroom here in pune when we when i moved here so nana pet which is the area for motorcycle accessories in pune yeah. it had a vardenchi showroom where one of our friends at that time lafi mm-hmm. she was the sales and marketing female there mm-hmm. so we would go and let chat the motorcycles <laughs> and the girl but yeah I don't know what what exactly caused the downfall of however they were doing but they got into some legal issues because of the bigger wheels and the swing arm being exactly that thin yeah. line has to be drawn on yep. on that RTO regulation as well because yep. see at, at the end of the day it's going to catch your attention at the end of the day you will have some cop yeah. knocking at your door coming and saying fucker you're doing this wrong absolutely and and then it gets you into trouble and and for someone like you who's actually thriving on and building a business on custom motorcycles It's you have too to much to risk too much to risk and i have somebody like a yuvraj on the company Board, yeah, name yeah. so I, i can't afford for it to become something where 
uh, he gets pulled into the picture for building something which was wrong so yeah. that but does he come does he ever come visit orlog um not often okay he's not Because in pune very often yeah he's in bombay a lot so i end up meeting him whenever i meet him in bombay mostly he has come to the workshop like a couple of times not okay. too many times not recently um basically ipl when it when the matches used to happen in pune yeah. that was the last time that he came okay. so i think 2 years 2 years because ago. the pune team has been out for 2 right. years so right that was the last time he was there. superb man so i think the future is looking pretty kickass for you i hope so it yeah. looks nice and but anything that you're working on immediately like i said i'm trying to make a slight shift we've learned along the way so the stuff that's picked up now and is doing well in the last year or year and a half i mean our body kits will always be there i'm saying that the full body kits will always be there but it's the smaller um easier to use and having some purpose cheaper sort of well. accessories yeah. yeah cheaper for sure more affordable overall like when i want to spend if i have to spend 3 grand as in comparison to 25 so huge difference i don't have to think 10 times yeah so the whole idea is to make stuff which is desirable works and is affordable right so that's what i'm trying to do now we're making these smaller accessories which add some sort of character to your bikes mm-hmm. they could be some of them might be universal mm-hmm. some of them might be made specifically for your scooter or your bike so i'm also getting into scooters oh, this wow. year scooters as well because we get a lot of kids who want something on their scooters the and yeah, yeah so activa do sr150 so yeah. and they all look great yeah. so i mean they can have some small elements added to them so we'll be working on some scooters this year right and like i said the explorer kit is going to be a full range right so that's our major objective this year yeah um bajaj is going to take up a lot of our time and we also have a couple so of so how big is the team now team is not so big okay it's, it's the same number yeah i mean uh, close yeah close so about people, 15 yeah. 18 people fuck 15 18 i i still remember you all at what 5 Five, or 6 six, yeah so that was some time ago yeah, yeah. but yeah, everyone's no. working from the workshop yeah yeah okay. everyone including my wife now helps me with social media and marketing ah oh, superb yeah superb man that's that's crazy to your but i think as as a guy who owns a motorcycle what i would definitely love to see is a tail tidy kit for sure um a rear cowl a windshield yeah so that's what i mean like yeah. i'm talking about these like individual parts yeah. yeah and they are like your necessities yeah. like for example if it's summer yeah. i don't want that big fender at the back i want it to be clean so these are things which whether you are looking to be like a one off dude or you just want your bike to look better you still want it so that becomes your number one everyday selling yep. stuff yep and then you have your stuff which might not be everyone's taste but gets my passion fulfilled and make something different and yep. unique yep so that's the plan for this year crazy man superb uh, that was mukul from autolog i hope you guys enjoyed hearing what he had to say if you want to know more on our episodes you can visit eplog.media you can also listen to us at apple podcast google podcast but we're already there on savan as well as spotify india please do check us out let us know who you want to see next and what do you want to hear we are very eager to hear from you guys this is me varun painter signing out